Patrick Byrne here. There we go. Hello, Ian. Good day to you, sir. Uh, thank you for joining. Dis- Good. Uh, thank you for joining Discussion of Truth. And um, ladies and gentlemen, Patrick Byrne. Uh, Patrick, I don't think you need much of an introduction, but uh, why don't you give one anyway? Uh, short, uh, short 30 second introduction, please. Patrick. Short 30 second, Patrick Byrne. <laughs> uh, PhD in philosophy from Stanford. Marshall Scholar, also a businessman, entrepreneur, started Overstock.com and about 20 other businesses. Honored to be on your show, Ian. Really appreciate it, and uh, it was nice to meet you the other week in Tulsa. I appreciate what you are doing, and uh, we move full, full steam ahead. Patrick, for listeners, what is the most pressing issue facing the country today? Uh, election integrity. The most... The, the atomic concept of our tradition. You have, basically, I mentioned I did a PhD in philosophy, so if, pardon me if I get philosophical. There's two types of government. There's authoritarian government, and there's different flavors, fascist, socialist, whatever, communist. Then there's government that recognizes government's just power derives from the consent of the governed, which would mean you folks. And they have different arguments about the mechanism that surfaces what it is the government consent to. But that's the basic distinction in the world between types of government. The U.S. is the great, it's the apotheosis of the tradition of self-government, of consent, government by consent of the governed. That consent is determined in elections that are free, fair, and transparent. It's the most atomic concept of our tradition free, fair, and transparent elections, because otherwise you don't know what we all consent to. If they take that away from us, they can take all kinds of rights away, arguably they have. They've eroded all kinds of liberties over recent decades, but now they've come for free, fair, transparent elections. If they take that away, it's all over. There's nothing, there's nothing left. We're authoritarian government. We're no longer America as we know it. And I have enormous, well, I have more than enormous doubts. This, this election was rigged. I was out there about three days after. I do not say this as a Donald Trump voter. I have voted libertarian all my life, never away from that. But this is as crooked as a hound dog's hind leg. I mean, it's, it's almost, it feels almost silly to even have to explain to people why this election was crooked, but I will if you want. But it's pretty obvious, I think, to your viewers. The, you know, this is interesting because I was talking to a guy from Tampa the other day. I'm, I'm in Miami, and I'm speaking to a guy in Tampa, and I says, uh, I says this and that and that, and I says, you know, the, the, the election was uh, contested, and I personally believe it was fraudulent, 80 million votes. I just don't believe it for Biden. You had the, you had a hundred mile long turnout of a caravan for Trump in Miami. The Cubans, the Venezuelans, the see, see the communism. They're all coming together voting for Trump, whereas they weren't necessarily voting for Trump the last time. But now they see it in the country. The statues being taken down, the history being changed. This kind of fourth mythology uh, and theology is being forced on us. The schools brain being broken up. And this is no, this is Trump. And this guy says, you know, I don't think there was any election fraud. Okay, what, Patrick, come on. I mean, some of these people that are listening to this, perhaps, some of us may, may just not be convinced yet that this was election fraud. What do you say to that? Well, the biggest or some very major clues are right in the headlines. These guys always say, where's the evidence? Where's the evidence? The evidence is right in some headlines that just haven't put together. Let me explain. Yeah. There are six counties in America. There are 3,006 counties in America. 
But to steal 3,006 counties, you don't need to cheat in 3,006 counties. You need to cheat in six, because those six have a special property. They are, they are the anchor cities of swing states. And what I mean by anchor city is if anyone's involved in real estate, you know the term anchor tenant. If you have a shopping mall and Home sure. Depot is your big tenant and takes the big space up front, that's called your anchor tenant. Well, these swing, there are these six cities, which are this, they, they are the cities of Las Vegas, Phoenix, Milwaukee, Detroit, Philly, and Atlanta, are in each case the anchor city of a state. Las Vegas or Clark County contains two thirds of the population of Nevada. Phoenix contains 64% of it, which Maricopa contains 64% uh, of the population of Arizona, uh, Arizona, so on and so forth. That means any, if you have some niece who's taking political science and you don't believe me, just ask your poli sci niece and she will explain, the, walk you through it, that the, if you, if you steal those six cities, you, you flip the six swing states they're in. If you flip those six, six swing states, you flip the electoral college, say you flip the country. Reversing that line of thinking and, and summarizing, to steal a nation of 3,006 counties, you don't cheat in 3,006 counties, you cheat in six. And through the mechanism of the electoral college, if that flips, 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 and it flips the national outcome. So there was in fact not widespread election fraud. And let's not talk voter fraud, there was election fraud. There was uh, widespread, there was, it was not widespread, it was narrow and deep, especially in those six places. And so that's, and it was election fraud, meaning the whole system was corrupted, not the, uh, not the, not just the, uh, uh, not just, it isn't like a dead man voting is the issue. I think of that as retail election fraud. Then there's wholesale election fraud, which is when they've got a system of, you know, I'll walk you through some if you want, but like 13,000 bad votes out of the system. But then they also have industrial level where they can flip hundreds, they can steal hundreds of thousands of votes within the computer system. And it happened at all these different levels. And and uh, if not, like what else are you gonna, it, doesn't it seem odd? Oh, that's where I was going. On election night, if you all remember, on election night, vote counting shut down, this unprecedented yeah. event. Right. Never had it happened in six places in the United States. Where did it happen? In the middle of the night, they shut down counting for three hours with very weak explanations that didn't hold water. Those three, those six places were Las Vegas, Phoenix, Milwaukee, Detroit, Philly, and Atlanta. What an odd coincidence! You know, are we to believe that the you know they shut down the vote counting? like in, in uh, Atlanta on the grounds that in the State Farm Arena in downtown Atlanta, a, a big water, water main had burst and everything had to be evacuated. Turns out the next morning that a urinal had overflown. But what are we supposed to believe? That the, the water pipes knew just which cities to burst in to force just those? And what do you know? It just happened to be the six cities that your niece, the poli sci major from Brown, can explain have this unusual <laughs> electoral feature. It's all just written. So when people say, where's the evidence? The first place to look 
is in the headlines on November 4th. Because they gave you all that. You just had to have a room temperature or high IQ or higher to start putting these pieces together. And then when you start digging into what happened in each of those six places, all kinds of tremendous mischief occurred. We can go into that in more detail. But the main event is if you get the vote counting stopped in six cities on election night, and you realize that those six cities, you work through the electoral math, and you realize those six cities have this unique feature, that pretty much uh, should wake, wake you up. Okay, so 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 you're a um, you're you're a, a tech professional. You you did very well. You've started uh, 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 well over a dozen. You said twenty plus companies. Um, and, and certainly you, um, you are taking a stand uh, because you want to save your country. Um, what is it uh, upon that timeline? Overstock is a, a name that I think probably most people are very familiar with. Um, uh, Zappos would be another one in that kind of retail, uh, online retail space that I can think of. What is it uh, uh, from your personal experience, uh, Patrick, where you said, oh, wait a second, something's not right in America, something's not right on my home front. Was it the election issue or did something happen before that? Well, I was asked to get involved with this beforehand and look into it. But the truth is, yeah, that I knew something was wrong with my homeland and that I was supposed to get involved. There's a whole series of events that go back over a decade that caused me to be where I am now. So, uh, but to be honest, waking up on, uh, well, I got involved in election fraud last August. I was asked to get involved and I got involved, started meeting people in this field. And they started telling me, they started teaching me about these systems and the manufacturers and showing me, turning me on to, there've been all kinds of election scandals all over the world, wherever this equipment gets used. And the big scandals, there seems to be a pattern you have some goon in power who doesn't want to give up power. An election's coming up. He brings in these systems. And even though the polls show him down here, mm -hmm. on election day, something happens to stop, and he's behind, but stop, something happens to stop the counting. And when they reopen again, oh, what do you know? He's ahead. And then he just stays ahead to the end. That's exactly what happened, yeah. Happened in a number of countries. They stopped the counting. And that's always the sign that you get this, well, it happened in at least three countries, in, in Africa, in Europe, and one in Asia. And they told me about this on October 20th, and they said, you watch, if there's counting gets stopped, then we know that the fix is gonna be in. And on November 3rd, counting got stopped. And again, you look, I looked at it the next morning and saw the six cities had been counted in, and as it, it, it jumped off the page to me. If they're committing fraud in those six counties, then it's all about flipping the national outcome. Who's they? You speak of they. Who's they? Who tipped you off to this? Who said, hey, Patrick, look look for this? Who's they? Not, not really a liberty to say right now, but this will all eventually come out perhaps. Uh, but... Uh, uh, not really a liberty to answer that is the question, is the answer. Okay, so, 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 so was, was it, was it by invitation that you started looking into the election fraud or was there something else, Patrick, along your career, along your studies? Uh, you mentioned Stanford, I believe you said Stanford. Uh, was there something else that said, hey, wait a second, no, there's something, there's something else going on in the country I've got to look into? Well, much deeper. I've been on for about 15 years. I've got become aware of how corrupt our federal government is. 
and a little bit more than that. I got into some fights with Wall Street in about 05. Basically, I knew that 08 was gonna happen and I knew it in 05. And I had PhD economists from Harvard. I had whistleblowers from Staten Island in the heart of Wall Street. I had 25-year Goldman guys. I had this whole bank of people who had the different facts we put together and went to Washington, D.C. and explained to them there's this big problem and the savings of America are being looted and a bunch of hedge funds centered on a guy named Stephen Cohen are committing a bunch of mischief and we understand exactly how they're doing it and it's gonna crash the system and it looks like the SEC is either asleep at the switch or in bed with Wall Street. And I had that, that was pretty much my public position since 05. They used to, they used to, um, make fun of me in the press. They'd run photos with UFOs coming out of my head to suggest that the SEC is in bed with Wall Street and they're not protecting us. In 05, that was a conspiracy theory. 05, 06, 07. All the yuck yucks kind of lost their, <laughs> lost their steam mm -hmm. after 08 and they stopped making fun of me for saying things like that. Okay, so so, uh, so so let me tell you just a quick about me. I started my program. It's going on five years ago, Miami Beach. One of the early guys that I that caught my the early uh, guy that caught my attention is a former Stanford fellow uh, at the Hoover Institute. His name is Anthony Sutton. And in the seventies, in the late sixties and the seventies, he began talking about the banking corruption uh, that lead back to wealthy families, such as the Tafts such as the, uh, the Bushes, obviously the Rockefeller. He was talking about this in the 60s when he gave a speech in 72 in Miami Beach. He returned to Palo Alto and he was reprimanded. And within a year, he ended up walking away from, from his fellowship because he said, he said, you know, hey, this is censorship. I'm not going to be censored. This is, my, this is my research. You know, a la Judy Mikovits, there's a number of high credited people that are, that are now coming out today saying, hey, I've been censored on various platforms. So what we have here is, Obviously, we have, a, we have a stage set, in my view, of a total takeover, if you will, uh, of the government. Has the U.S. government been invaded by a stealth enemy? That's a strong statement, but look. You, 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 uh, you, hang on a second. I heard everything you said up. I heard everything you said up until the point about you have the stage set for what? Okay, so I had a brigadier general, U.S. Army, on my program, uh, Robert Spalding, and he says the United States government has been infiltrated by a stealth enemy. Mm -hmm. With that statement coming from a retired brigadier general, excuse me, not, not Army, Air Force, what do you make of that? Well, how would, how would you interpret that, Patrick? Knowing what you know, how would you interpret that? It reminds me very much of what a group of people told me in Washington in 2006. Uh, and this, that in, in 2006, a group of people in Washington told me the same thing. They said, we don't know how to explain it. Something's infiltrating the federal government. It's like it's a foreign nation, but it isn't, or we're not sure. And we found we can't fight this, and et cetera, et cetera. I'll tell the rest of this, that story someday, but at least this 2006, there were people in Washington saying the same thing. Yeah, Washington's been completely corrupted. It's been captured, you know, it's been captured by our founding fathers understood this. 
Federalist Paper number 10, Madison puts it beautifully. He says that we designed this Constitution, or in, in, you know, in, in more beautiful language than this, he says, in, des in designing this Constitution, we looked at all the previous attempts at democracy, ancient and modern, we figured out what makes them fail, and we built this Constitution to prevent that. However, unfortunately, there's one flaw that we didn't figure out how to that brings down democracies more than any other, and it's the flaw of what they call factions, or what we would call special interests. And what happens is every, most 85% of Washington is, is captured. Chuck Schumer might as well be called Senator Goldman Sachs. Uh, I mean, the different industries and corporations have taken over Washington and are, and are managing the country to their own interests, which is really, you know, whether you voted for Trump or not, and I did not vote for Donald Trump, but I have realized he's, you know, there's an old English saying, the fox knows many things, but the hedgehog knows one big thing. Trump knows the big thing. The big thing is the, the American people were sold out by their elites over the last 30 or 40 years in so many different ways they've been sold out. And I think what's happened is the elites drained the country through the financial system. And now that the bill has come due, they're trying to pay the bill by presenting our country on a silver platter to China. I think that's the deep structure of what's happening. That's interesting. Now, now, what, what, is, what is the next 10? With that said, what, and then I want to talk about COVID-19 and your perspective of that and the vaccines. Um, and, 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 and with that said, I had a, uh, an MD on the program, uh, his information about, about vaccine dangers has been censored. Um, so we'll get into vaccines and COVID-19, but with that said, handing the United States to China on the silver platter, what does that mean for listeners? How do they, how do they understand what that means? Well, this election, I've, so I've written a book called The Deep Rig, which very carefully explains how I got involved in all the different pieces and the piece of evidence and so forth. It's become, uh, it's clear this was rigged. And I, it was rigged by a deep state. It was rigged by all the forces of corruption. But there's really a very strong evidence that the hand of China was involved. Not that they ran it, not that they, I don't know what. But one thing, and I'm only saying this because Mike Lindell, I'm letting, I'm, Mike Lindell, I want him breaking all the, the big individual things. I'll talk philosophy. But uh, Mike Lindell has said this publicly, so I'll say it. Uh, we have the hard evidence. We have now, basically this cocktail, in those six cities, the cocktail of the fraud was mixed. It was the same cocktail, but they, the same ingredients, but they mixed them differently in each of the six places. But there's one ingredient that's constant across them. And we have gotten to the bottom of that. We have the hardcore computer forensics. We're now able to prove the national election was, me, was rigged. It's just a matter of the lawyers taking the data, his lawyers, and other lawyers were working and taking that and figuring out what the right way is to turn it into a lawsuit to hit the diamond at just the right point to uh, split it open. It seems like it seems like uh, uh, since before I was going to Trump rallies, I just happened to be a Trump supporter and uh, I didn't really vocalize it because I try to stay neutral. Uh, I know politics is a very sensitive subject. Uh, but uh, but I like the fact that in Doral in 2015, he was saying, if I run for president, I'll run as an independent. 
and I'll do so independently. And uh, the first person I ever voted for for president was Ross Perot because I felt like uh, I felt like a, a business-minded, independent person would be best for the pol- politics in, in D.C. I felt both both uh, parties are totally corrupt. I felt that uh, I felt that 30, yeah, 30, 30 years ago, almost thirty years ago. So so I was I was a Trump supporter uh, from the get go. I didn't start speaking publicly about it until the statues were coming down and uh, and the cities were burning and it, and it seemed that there was a clear political divide. Uh, I'm speaking primarily in Chicago and, and Ted Wheeler in uh, in Portland. But w- w- what's interesting here is is uh, is is that is that you have you have a split now. In the nation, where, where it seems that there is a there is a there is a, a a clear line uh, being drawn, uh, I, I got a little bit off subject because I want to tie back into um, I want to tie back into uh, uh, into the election fraud for you. But it seems like Trump was attacked. Whether it was a L- Russian collusion, it seems like he was attacked from the get go, and he was kind of an outsider to the political arena in D.C. and the the uh, the roots that were were in there, uh, Biden, Pelosi's. Uh, Schumer's, you know, whatever it may be, did not want this because he was a, he was an outside threat. Threat. How do we then uh, present, or how do you? How do the American people? Seventy-five million people voted for the man. How did how do they enforce people like you that have have a public face that's out there saying, "Hey, this election was uh, this election was rigged." Try didn't even vote for Trump, but if the American people need to know this. You're battling large tech giants. You understand that arena. How do you get judges now? Uh, i.e. the Supreme Court? How do you get judges? Because I think uh, Americans are losing faith in the judicial system. How do you get this passed? How do you present this? What are some of those main key cogs to get these judges to say, oh, okay, yeah, this makes sense. Yes, you're right. It's, it is fraud. Well, for one thing, you might, not go, you might not see this at the Supreme Court. There are other courts that, uh, so I'm not even going to opine on which court you might see this filing. And look at how the Democrats derailed so much of the Trump presidency with filing cases and getting different federal judges. But I tell you one thing that's going to happen, there's a legal principle that if a federal official or a government official is doing something and they're not the actual government official, you can file, there's this principle that you can file a lawsuit against their against them. I think that once this information comes out, Every single thing, piece of paper Joe Biden signs is going to turn into people going to file lawsuits. They do not have to uh, because he's not because if this doubt is correct, he's not the legitimate president. In addition, the uh, I think you're going to see uh, there's there's all kinds of lawsuits that will start being able to be filed on if this if the courts turn a blind eye to the infor- to the information that's coming forward and they will just the military the military has a constitutional duty to obey lawful orders well but what if you're an officer and your order comes from a commander whose child has been kidnapped and you know they hold a gun to the kid's head well it's a lawful order but but you know you get, he's under duress, so they have obligations, ethical under the uniform uniform code of military justice. They have obligations. Look up things eleven two, eleven three, and and such. They have obligations. Well, they're going to be military officers who would be not just perfectly within their right. They would be probably incorrect not to start questioning the orders from the president once this data is made available to the public and they can see it. So you're gonna have laws being challenged, you may have military people having a tough time with it. There's no way the court system can turn their back. 
Well, I mean, it's just going to be, it's so patently obvious the data that we're about to come out with that is going to be made clear, public, soon, within weeks, I'm talking about, in a lawsuit from Michael Lindell. Let's say four weeks at the outside, um, you're going to, well, four weeks at the outside, you're going to, it, things will start unraveling. If the Supreme Court doesn't, or a court, federal court doesn't take the case, things are going to start unraveling. You're going to have military officers perhaps refusing. You're going to have all kinds of lawsuits get filed challenging every executive order and every presidential signature that Joe Biden has made. So what are they going to do? At some point, the courts have to step in and be courts. Yeah, this is what I this is what I've been telling listeners is to look for that military divide. Once the military leadership starts to divide, then we've got we've got some issues here that'll come to the forefront very on a rapid level. Let's get into mainstream media because uh, at the moment, uh, at the moment, people, you know, obviously not the masses, but there's a large number of people now that are going to sources such as this medium right now to get their true information. Uh, how has the media fallen so far that it's giving such a bias? And I'm not talking about the dichotomy between uh, CNN, MSNBC, and Fox News, because from my view, they're all playing into that CFR, uh, Council on Foreign Relations, uh, uh, agenda, which is, uh, which is what I feel to be a manipulation of the constitutional system within the United States and, and simply creating a divide on purpose. Uh, but how is it that mainstream media is now fallen and that uh, programs such as mine, programs such as the smaller uh, kind of radio shows or, or podcasts? I mean, give you an, ins uh, give you a, 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 an example, Patrick. Uh, three years ago, I had former CIA agent on my, on my, on my uh, show, Ray McGovern, and he, he used to hand deliver briefs to uh, George Bush, the senior, hand delivered them. 40 years, over 40 years he spent in the CIA. He came on my show over three years ago and he says, Ian, you, people like you are the last frontier. It's voices like you that give a platform to me, the people that know what they're talking about, to get the information out to the masses and let Americans understand just how far corrupt the, uh, the, 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 the American system is. So in your view, how do, you, how do we correct the ma mainstream media? And then I want to talk about uh, Section uh, 230 from you. So uh, tackle that, Patrick. I'd love to. And I spent some time on Section 230 today because of another suit. Listen, there's somebody up in Massachusetts no one's paying attention to. His name's Shiva. Dr. Shiva. Yeah, sure. He, yeah. Yeah. He's on his own up there with no one paying MIT. attention to him, largely defending himself. He's making all kinds of progress that people, uh, he's making all kinds of progress that people are missing and he's eating them up and he may actually get to, cases that Twitter was told to ban him by the Massachusetts state government. Now a private entity, Twitter, can ban whoever they want, but when a government gets involved and starts directing them to ban citizens, now you got First Amendment issues. And it has come out in court, in testimony, from somebody who works in the office of the Secretary of State, that, they, that the office of the Secretary of State instructed Twitter to ban this citizen. That and, they, and Twitter obliged. That starts. That is quite problematic and under the law. Um, so going back, what was the first part of your question? I'm sorry, Ian. The, the, well, it was media. I wanted to. The, <laughs> in, in your oh, view, the mainstream media in general. That's it. The mainstream media. How do we handle the mainstream media? I got a great piece of advice. 
I also have a great, it's the same piece of advice I give young, I used to be a professor, and once in a while, kids bring you their heartache problems and this and that, and I really learned it's a lot simpler, and tell kids it's a lot simpler than they think it is. When someone is a narcissist, and look up how to figure that out yourself, but when someone's a narcissist, shrinks hate treating narcissists. It's called NPD, Narcissist Personality Disorder. And they hate it. I mean, you can treat a psychotic with drugs, you can treat social, you can treat all kinds of things, bipolar, depression, all kinds of things. You can't treat narcissism. The correct way to treat a narcissist, to, to deal with narcissism is you withdraw. So if you're, if there's some, so as not to be sexist and imply that it's women or the normal, and actually there's twice as many male narcissists as female, uh, but young woman out there listening, if you're dating a guy and you realize he's a narcissist and he's doing different things, the only way to interact is you withdraw. You just withdraw. If you get in this mode, like so many people do, of interacting with a narcissist and basically saying, well, they beat me this time, but next time it's going to do it this way. I'm going to cut off this line of argument and this line of argument, this and that. I'm going to, well, they just change the rules on you anyway. You never can win. You never, it just constantly changes because it's not really about the rules. It's about them, their power and such. It's the same way with the mainstream media. I believe that we have to recognize we, the citizens of America, the patriotic citizens of America, are locked into a narcissistic relationship with the press and the way to treat it, we're never gonna convince them. We're never gonna win the argument. We're never gonna, we're never, no matter how many rounds you get, they just keep changing the rules. The correct way to approach them is not to approach them, it's just withdraw. Stop worrying. You know, 15 years ago, I got in this fight with Wall Street because I knew it was gonna collapse and I had all the data and I presented it and it used to bother me how much the newspapers attacked me and this guy's crazy and balloons right. coming out of his head or UFOs and he's crazy, don't listen to him. Gosh, that bothered me for about six months and then it became water off a duck's back. I don't care, what do we care? Just disengage, don't even get your news from them, uh, but just disengage and stop worrying about the mainstream media. They're in their own delusional little bubble, let them stay there. That's my advice, just don't sweat it. But move into a different bubble, move into the bubble of bubbles of free speech and free thought, such as are presented in numerous other online platforms. So how do, how, how do, how do we keep uh, the internet a safe place where, uh, where American, Americans aren't censored? I mean, we had a sitting president of the United States, uh, totally deplatformed and banned from from Twitter, um, how, how do we how do we overcome that? And, and let me let me insert this, Patrick, because I had a had a talk last night at length, and I introduced him to some key people that I hope will help him out. His name is Jason Fick, and he took on Facebook because they took down like fourteen million of his followers, and he took him to court, and I believe he won. But uh, he was talking about this with me last night, and he says there's something called intelligible principle based off of Good Samaritan privilege that he thinks he can attack. Uh, he says he wants to go after the government. Uh, with the, this Section 230. Do you know anything about that? And if not, otherwise, how, how do Americans, uh, how, how do Americans uh, kind of demand and, and, and make this Internet a safe place for themselves? Well, um, I think it's all going to come down to, I ultimately think the fight all comes down to this election fraud fight, because if we lose on the election fraud fight, stick a fork in it. We're done. We've got a bunch of goon left. Uh, you know how they introduced this concept of the alt-right? 
Well, yeah. I'm, I'm introducing a concept called the goon left. You know, there's left, there's there's left that you'll accept, but these are goons. These are absolute goons. So this is the goon left, and we have to win this battle on the election fraud. If we don't, everything else goes. All your First Amendment, your ability to do any of the things you're hoping to do, in and fight back and other stuff, it's all lost if uh, if we lose this election fraud fight. So really, my answer to that question of how you win on the internet, how you win on everything, is we got to get to the bottom of the election fraud. Okay, and you're and you're saying Lindell's got a got a suit that he's going to be filing here shortly, and that's that's what listeners should be looking for. That's the front. Yes, that's the front desk. The, uh, the big suit is coming, and there's other things breaking in the next four weeks. I promise there are other things breaking. Big okay. Things. Fantastic. What do uh, what do listeners um what can listeners expect from you in uh, in the coming months, uh, Patrick? Well, we have started an organization called the America Project. Myself, there's a very well-known uh, person involved with us. He is not, we have not yet made the announcement on the name of the person who is involved with us. So, uh, and basically the America Project is, we learned that there are tens of millions of Americans who want to push back about this and they don't know how, they don't have the time to do the research and figure out how to help. In the course of this six months, I became familiar with everyone involved. I've slid $5 million of my own money into the pot. And, but I have started an organ, an organization to say if you, the American Project, join. Knowing your rights to filing class action suits on behalf of people whose rights are abridged to fighting this election fraud case. And it's, it's the, it, it, in my book, I describe a group of people I came to work with to crack the election fraud case, lawyers and intelligence people and cyber people and such. It's really that group and we're just continuing. So if you trust that I'm not doing this to raise money, to, I mean, to make money, and I think it's pretty clear I didn't join this whole thing to make money, mm -hmm. uh, I, I, then you can believe me the, that I'm telling you honestly, if you wanna help, send five bucks to the America Project, just sign up. All you have to do is go text to, to the number 84576, as in 845, the 45th president, 76, as in 1776. Text the word USA, and you'll be connected to our network, you'll be getting our newsletters, you'll be getting everything. We, we are kind of, we're, we've been in some ways below the radar. Put it this way, we've set a bunch of the prairie fire, a bunch of the grass fires that are now smoking up and bringing everything. You know, we were dealing with Maricopa since November 5th and Georgia and other places. We don't even like to, We it's kind of an odd thing because on the one hand, we don't want to be public and take credit or anything. On the other hand, we want people to know that under the hood, everybody knows us and we, we're feeding this movement in different places, in the right places. We have a special advisor. Well, I'll let, I'll let you know. Uh, I, I better wait till the formal announcement is made. But we're being advised by some very good minds and we think we can change the country. Uh, I put in millions of dollars, millions of dollars have flown in. If somebody wants to help, do not send a penny to the Republican Party. I got to know them. They're a bunch of grifters and socialites and hacks. Send, instead of sending a dollar to the Republican Party, send 25 cents to the America Project, and it will do far more good for us.
Is uh, Donald Trump, in your view, is he a is he a legitimate American patriot, or does he have uh, does he have is he have a concern uh, important somewhere else? Is he placing importance somewhere else? Is he uh, compromised somehow? No, he's an American patriot. We stylistically we're not the same guy, but I actually I did vote for him. But my feelings about him very much changed after spending four hours with him. I felt terribly for him. I think he's a much smarter guy than the press has ever alluded to. He's very intelligent, and he's a good guy. He's not, he's not the guy the press makes him out to be. Everything you read in the press about like that meeting we had, it's all just BS. They just lie so much. He's, uh, I felt very sorry for him, but this isn't driven. None of the, what I'm doing has anything to do with whether I'm pro or against Trump or how I feel about Trump. This has to do with our election was compromised. There'll never be another free election if we let this just slide. Yeah, let's, let's wind down here a few more minutes. And by the way, uh, uh, Trump called me a prize fighter. He said I look like a prize fighter, uh, <laughs> Dorel, uh, and because I, I was pushing uh, this uh, whistle Google whistleblower. His name is Voorhees. I was I was pushing him, and I got got him to the uh, uh, got him to the to, to one of the daughters, the president's daughter, and then uh, the president walked in and. Uh, Called him an American hero, called me a prize fighter. Anyway, so uh, it, 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 we're going to the Great Reset. Just a couple more items here for you, Patrick, and I appreciate your time. We're going to the, this thing called the Great Reset. We know uh, that, uh, that, that that Joe Biden is seemingly on board with this Great Reset. We have Klaus Schwab from the uh, Bank of International Settlements, the World Economic Forum. Uh, you know, these people are saying, yes, we need this is a great opportune time for a Great Reset. The, uh, the U.S. dollar, the middle class, has taken a hit over the, this COVID-19 pandemic. People aren't working. Uh, we've got robotics. Got a lot of, you know, things go, there are a lot of things moving on here. Uh, but uh, in regards to the Great Reset, and let's say, um, let's say things, things move to a digital currency, and we're all using credit cards on a pretty regular basis, most of us, and debit cards and that sort of thing. Um, does the United States dollar, for instance, in your view, Patrick, does the United States dollar, let's say it moves to a digi- digital format, complete digital format, does it need to be based on gold? The, the, the gold standard was abolished by Nixon in 71. Does it need to return to a gold standard or silver standard? Or can there be some real intrinsic value behind uh, a digital currency in your view? Behind digital currency, if it is freely convertible into a hard, hard money like gold or silver, uh, no fiat money can ever be sound because fiat money means ultimately some government bureaucrat can sign a piece of paper and create more of it. Money is about, by the way, my, if my computer dies, don't take it personally, uh, <laughs> that money is a medium through which we're to communicate information about value and scarcity. And we do that through these things called prices. So that's the whole, that's how uh, that, that it's a, one way to view it is it carries signals among us about value and scarcity. The government wants to control that medium and warp it so as to confuse and distort the signals we send to each other to get us to do things we wouldn't otherwise be freely doing. We'd be, and and it serves their short-term political needs. Uh, we need a form. We need a form of money through which we can communicate to each other without the ability of government mandarins yeah. to distort our signals. And that means it's got to be a form of money that they can't invent more of it. So that could be gold, it could be silver, it could be Bitcoin, but it's got to be something that's finite in supply at any given moment so that government mandarins can't just invent new money. Well said. Um, and, and that's my view is that uh, is that we've allowed ourselves to get into this hole because uh, 
Because, because we were running off a fiat currency system, the Federal Reserve Bank in 1913. That's how I've taken my, uh, my stance. So the last, last thing for as we close out, Patrick, and, uh, and again, thanks for joining the discussion of truth. And uh, you're going to be in Dallas in, at the end of the month, by chance? Uh, actually, I'm not going to be able to make that. I'll, I think I'm going to send a video or something. <laughs> okay. Uh, are you going to get vaccinated? Or have you been vaccinated? Uh, I'm going to delay that as long as I can. I have some pretty <laughs> unique health issues, which make some... Uh, I make some... I've had cancer three times. I've had 113 surgeries, and I've been had my heart stopped 500 times. So I think I'm in the... And I had COVID. I had COVID in late January. And it's no joke. COVID's no joke. Take it seriously. But I think it'd be smarter for me to delay as long as possible and see about the health consequences of these vaccines. Patrick, some closing comments, uh, closing words, thoughts for listeners. It is you folks, Ian, and you folks. It's the war of the elephant. It's the war of the ants against the elephant. We're going into VC territory now. It's going to be all the, the small outlets that bring the news to the people that it bypasses the captured media institutions that helps us free America. So thanks for doing God's work here, Ian. Ladies and gentlemen, Patrick Byrne. Talk to you later, Patrick. Thank you. Bye-bye, sir. Okay, there we are. Uh, I didn't realize he was a, a, a professor and... Um, there you have it from uh, there you have it from someone who um, someone someone who knows a few things about um, well you know philosophically uh, any government is based off of philosophy really isn't it I mean uh, we have democracy uh, based off of the the philosophy that the that the majority rule uh, it sets the precedent and the norm. Really, that roots in philosophy, in my opinion. So here we have a philosopher that did incredibly well in uh, in, in in technology. Uh, Overstock.com is is no no uh, no small fry there. Um, uh, so um, you know, I, even though somebody like Jack Dorsey, uh, who uh, certainly has never uh, it doesn't have two degrees from Stanford. And nothing, nothing, nothing against Jack Dorsey, but um, but here's a man that wasn't even a Trump supporter. Here's a man that's not even first. So as I as I leave this, and 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 and, and folks, I, I do appreciate you listening to. Uh, I appreciate you listening to to my commentary, and I urge you to. Donate to the program. Most importantly, I mean, you know, it, I've had people donate. They donate. I'm self-funded. That's great. That's what's wonderful. Most importantly, folks, what's what's important here is that if this resonates with you, because on my website I have a research tab, I have literature posted. It's all accessible, free, no charge. Educate yourself. Read from the scholars of the past. Read from some of, these, some of these people that have been warning about how civilizations, great civilizations fall. Read about this stuff. Um, you know, whether you're a Democrat or Republican, I, I frankly don't like to associate with either of the parties. I'm a constitutionalist. I will fight for my right to speak. And I will fight for your right to speak freely and say whatever, whatever you want. 
And most importantly, the premises of this country is founded upon religious freedom. All right, the Mayflower were the first uh, Protestants, the first people to, to arrive, Plymouth Rock. That's the premise of this, of, this, of, this, of this nation, the creation of this nation. And with that said, with that said, folks, what's important to remember here is that the Protestant Reformation, uh, Eric Phelps, who's just, I'm going to have him contribute some, uh, some writing to my book that, that I've had under contract for almost, well, I think more than two years. Yeah, about two years now. And we haven't published it, but it's been written for over a year, and I'm adding some things to it. And then I'll be working on a second book, but Trying Day Publishing. Um, uh, 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 the Protestant, and, and the reason I'm talking about Eric Phelps is because he's gone into this in depth. Uh, uh, the Protestant Reformation basically is born on that keystone, if you will, or cornerstone of, 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 of freedom of speech tied in with freedom of religion. And this is, this is how I like to paint the broader picture for, for you. To conceptualize and understand where I come from. The Protestant Reformation is born out of the Roman Empire. Uh, you know, Protestants, Calvinists. But Rome, folks, Rome continues to be a main economic center and perhaps the most influential religious center on the planet. And this is where you can understand the theory behind where I feel that Rome, Rome, the Vatican primarily, not necessarily Rome, Rome, but the Vatican, which conducts the affairs, the Holy See out of, out of, uh, for the Roman Church, the, 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 the Catholic Church, and not all Catholics, I would say hey, Catholic's a bad thing, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, if there's corruption in that type of organization that is that massive and that has been in power for that long, that 2,000 years, 2,000 years, and if they can control how you believe in God and you preach and practice that religion, they control that, that means whatever they say, you conduct yourself by. And this is the cornerstone upon which the Mayflower disembarked from Dartmouth okay, and set sail for Plymouth because of that religious freedom. They didn't want that dictate. They believed in God. They wanted their own religious practice. They didn't want to be dictated. And plus, more importantly, just look to the neighbor of the South, Mexico. They didn't want to have to go to work Monday through Friday and pay their taxes and then go to their religious institution on the weekend, be it Sunday, and pay their tithes and have it all as it, as it filtered through government and whatnot, municipalities, and queen or king end up in Rome because that's where the tithes and taxes would all end up. So if you take Spain, you take Portugal, you take France, you take England, well, they're all doing their expeditions under the guise of God. Okay, so, so something to look at, and, 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 and I don't think I'm steering, steering you wrong on that. I don't think I'm steering you wrong. It's, not, it's certainly not going to... Uh, it's certainly not going to lead you astray because it is a major power broker to be considered today, okay? And the Bank of International Settlements in Switzerland, <clears throat> historically, these banks all ran through and from the same institution. So could there be corruption in that institution? Yes. Is there definitely corruption in the United States? I mean, if you're denying that there's corruption in the United States, 
Uh, I, you know, I, I, I don't know how to explain and bring to light more facts, uh, more discussion. Uh, there is corruption in your government, folks. The United States is corrupt. Corrupt, 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 corrupt. And I've known this now. Uh, you know, even if you go back 20 years and you say, oh, 9-11 was an inside job, da 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 Okay, frankly, I didn't think it was. But I started questioning whether it was when the Zika virus came to Miami Beach and I saw the banking strings manipulate. And I said, okay, well, you know what? Mm, no, you know, the government cannot be trusted. And that's what I urge you today. Because, folks, you are the government. And unless you change it, it will continue its of tyranny over you. So stand up, take a deep, fresh breath of air in, and save your country, folks, because it's slipping away from you. It is slipping away from you. And if you're listening to this abroad, hopefully you can make a change and follow the money. I mean, that's one of the basic things you can do to root out corruption. Follow the money. You know, the dog's eating at the trough. Who's providing that food for the dog? Follow the money. All right, so Patrick Byrne, share, most importantly, share this information. If it, if it resonates with you, if you agree with it, it makes sense to you, share it. And, of course, uh, the event that I was alluding to is um, a, uh, the PatriotVoice.us, uh, Forgotten Country, Patriot Roundup. Um, and, uh, and, and, again, I fight for your freedom of speech. Uh, fight to clean out your, your press and, uh, and I'll fight for your religious freedom As long as it's peaceful uh, I will fight for it Okay, On both ends, it needs to be peaceful Alright, peace and happiness Until next time folks This is Ian Trottier for Discussion of Truth And uh, be awesome